Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, February the 26th, 2024, and um, second week of Lent. Uh, so, so glad that you are here today. Good morning, Etta. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, we were little shorter week last week so i think the last time we were together was wednesday um yeah i was uh did a wedding for one of my daughter's uh middle school friends who uh is marrying a uh, has married a uh gentleman uh, who's in the army stationed in germany and so we did the wedding um, over in uh, the Mount Dora, Eustis area of Florida. Very nice area, by the way. I'd never been really spent much time in that area of Florida. Very different than the coast. A lot of lakes, lots of lakes, lakes everywhere. Um, very hilly, not mountainous by any means, but hilly, um, rural. Um, yeah. I commend it. If you've never been to Mount Dora in Mount Dora, Florida, uh, I commend it. The little downtown area is really nice. Uh, it's probably three or four blocks that you can walk. Um, lots of little shops and lots of little eateries and um, just just a cute little town. So we were, had a little time to do that on Friday, which was the day of the wedding. So uh, earlier in the day Friday we went there so anyway I went up on Wednesday afternoon um really late afternoon and then uh the rehearsal was Thursday wedding was Friday and then we came back Saturday so um yeah so that's kind of why I wasn't here wasn't on the podcast on Thursday uh, we were actually uh we camped we took our camp our, tra- our trailer our, our camper over there uh and it was great beautiful weather a great time for uh, for camping for sure. <clears throat> so yeah, and then uh, yesterday, um, I was uh, speaking at New Spring Church, which is our uh, sister church, uh, uh, CCM Community Church Multipliers, our sister church in Tarpon Springs. And Cody, uh, Pastor Cody, preached at Bayside, who is the pastor of New Spring. So we kind of switched pulpits yesterday. So. Um, yeah, I haven't listened to yesterday's message from uh, Bayside, but I've heard good things. I think there was a little bit of a malfunction with the uh, with the audio on the. Po- There's a couple of different things that happened yesterday. I know, <laughs> well, when I wasn't there in terms of with the audio, but um, yeah. So um, so I haven't had a chance to listen to the uh, service yesterday, but um, from Bayside. But looking forward to that. I'm sure Cody did a great job. Everything I've heard has been very, very positive, very good. So. Uh, no doubt about that. All right. Oh, cool. So, uh, your Danielle, your brother was married there. Yeah, it's a cute. It is a very cute little town, though. And um, 
enjoyed our time. It would definitely go back. Definitely go back. All right, let's dive in, guys. Uh, today, our readings are going to be in Genesis chapter 41, 1 Corinthians 4, and Mark 3. Let's, uh, let's do it. That's Genesis chapter 41, beginning at four, verse 46. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Okay. He's a young man. The older you get, the younger 30 looks, man. <laughs> He's 30. He's just a baby. A little young pup. <laughs> That's like when we talk about millennials, like, you know, the millennial generation. You know, I'm Gen X, you know, that... Um, Gen, most Gen Xers are like, I'm right in the middle of the Gen X generation, so I'm 53. But <clears throat> so millennials, you know, everybody thinks of these millennials as like young people. Do you know the older millennials are in their 40s now? <laughs> most millennials are in their 30s, but the leading edge of the millennial generation is like 42, 43 years old. These are not babies anymore. <laughs> these are adults with children. <laughs> Um, but, um, actually a 30 year old today would probably be, uh, right on the cuffs of Gen C. So anyway, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentiful, uh, plentifully, plentifully. So Joseph collected all the food produced in the seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. And it was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Wow. So this is, you know, the, um, this was part of Joseph's dream, right? Uh, the seven years of uh, abundance, seven years of famine, that there would be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. And so during that year, those years of abundance, he's, um, he's managing it wisely. He's storing up some for, the, um, for the, the scarcity years that are coming. You know what's crazy? <laughs> Maybe it was because I knew I was going to be reading these verses. I don't read these verses ahead of time. So this we I re, I'm reading it with you, but I'll sometimes I'll like I'll jot down the verse references so I can uh, anyway get the podcast ready. I had a dream last night that we were at a show and it was uh, Joseph's Technicolor Dreamcoats. <laughs> Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I just remember that when I started reading about Joseph, I was like, man, there's this image in my mind. Like I was at a I was at a theater or something, and it was. And the show, we didn't know what the show was going to be. And lo and behold, it was uh, <clears throat> Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. So, <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> oh, it's funny how the mind works. Um, but so, anyway, Joseph is, uh, is being a very good manager right here. Very good steward. Um, making sure that they're storing up things. And that's a good, I mean, that is just a good principle of life, right? Like, during the prosperous times. Um, being wise to save, to invest, to put some away for um, the times that 
their scarcity for the lean years. In fact, I think there's a proverb that says, um, you know, a, basically is a, fool, a fool is the person who consumes everything they get. That's foolish. <laughs> to consume everything you get is foolish. Um, first, it's foolish because you're assuming everything that God gives you is for your consumption. Um, when God will give us things also to share and to help others. But also, it's a, it's a person who consumes everything they, they get is foolish because it's not wise. Um, it's not wise to neglect investing and saving for a hard hardship because hardships are a way of life and they, they happen. And so um, having that discipline to save during the, the difficult years uh, proves to be wise to be wise. So here Joseph, he's uh, storing up huge quantities of grain, uh, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was so beyond, beyond measure. Verse 50. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by um, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim. And he said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So you think about the 12 tribes of Israel, two of them come from Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had said, there was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. Why? Because they had stored up. <laughs> they had stored it up. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then people told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Mm. Joseph is managing the food. At this point, he's the most, probably the most powerful person in the country because he's uh, managing the food supply. When the famine had spread over uh, so it spread over the whole country. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. Wow. So Joseph's uh, wisdom is uh, proving um, incredibly valuable. This insight that God had given him. <clears throat> about uh, about the seven years of abundance then followed by the seven years of famine. All right, second reading is over in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So glad you guys are on today. Hope you guys are doing well. 1 Corinthians 7, 25 through 31. 25 through 31. Okay, well, let's go. Now, now about virgins. Well, good morning, everybody. I have no command from the Lord. Uh, but I give a, a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. Um, so he's saying in the present situation, stay as you are. 
Um, and that's, I mean, obviously Paul's, Paul's, I mean, Paul, like a lot of the early writers of the New Testament, they thought Jesus was going to return pr pretty quick. So he's like, you know, those are in many ways, um, you know, your, your marital status was a secondary concern um, because the belief was, you know, Christ could return at any moment. I mean, stay on, stay on uh, alert for the Lord's return. <clears throat> and so here Paul's saying, you know, stay as you are. Do not look for a wife, but uh, verse 28. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. It's not sinful to marry. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many tr troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there are unique challenges when it comes to serving the Lord uh, when you're married. I mean, and that's Paul's primary concern when it comes to relationships. Is like what's going to best serve the ultimate purpose of your life, which is to bring glory to God. And so, if you're if you are preoccupied with uh, wanting a spouse, or preoccupied with uh, wanting to get married, preoccupied with wanting to have sex, if you're just preoccupied, then you're going to be of no use to the kingdom. So, yes, by all means, get married. So you don't what burn with lust, <laughs> like you know get. Take care of that so you can actually focus, you know, on the matters of the kingdom. Um, but if you are content with being celibate, if you're content, and then focus on the Lord. What is going to help you best serve the God? That's that's Paul's primary concern. Um, and so if you're single, obviously you can devote more attention to the Lord's will, to the Lord's purposes. That's why Paul will say in some places, it's better to stay single. Um, and, you know, we put a lot of pressure in our culture for people to get married, you know. Um, we, um, parents, we put a lot of pressure on our kids to get married. Um, but in the Bible, Paul actually says it's better to be single. Um that there's a there in terms of your time availability to spend to the things of God. Now there are benefits and blessings of marriage, family. Um, it's the mystical union between Christ and the church. I mean the the wedding between a man and a woman. That that marriage is symbolic of the connection. Uh, is symbolic of the connection between Christ and the church. So yeah, and you learn things in marriage you don't learn any other way. It's just the relationship itself. <clears throat> But in terms of availability of time and focus, if you're single, you have a lot, you can devote more time. Um, verse 29, but but what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. See what I'm saying? He thinks the time is short, man. From now on, those who have wives should live as they, uh, as they, as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they do not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use things of the world as if uh, not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. So, um, focusing on the things that ultimately matter. Like, uh, Paul's just encouraging the ratcheting up of the intention, attention and focus on uh, the Lord's work. Um, So, 
Um, and that's his, that's always Paul's uh, focus in, in Scripture, is what is going to best advance the gospel. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty singular in that. Like, what is going to advance the gospel? What is the best um, arrangement in your life that's going to advance the gospel? Obviously within, you know, and that means that it's going to be within the bounds of Scripture, within, it's going to uh, promote godliness. Obviously, if you're living an ungodly life, that's not going to advance the gospel at all. <clears throat> but, all right, the next reading is over in Mark chapter 5. Welcome, everybody. Glad you guys are on today, Mark chapter 5, in the uh, second week of readings through Lent, uh, Mark five twenty one. 21 through 43, all right, let's see what the Lord has to say here, 21 through 40, so the end of the chapter. All right, let's do it. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. I love this story. I love this story. And it's uh, just the intertwining of this story and the, uh, the one that's about to come. So Jarius, synagogue leader, kind of rule, kind of runs, administrates the activities of the synagogue. Remember, the synagogue was a busy place. There was a lot of uh, religious activities and uh, community, community activities going on in the synagogue. And Jarius kind of uh, runs the place. You know, he makes sure that the, the calendar is taken care of and it's, the, the synagogue is... Um, he just manages it all. So he's a well-connected person in the community, and now he's come to Jesus because his daughter is uh, near death, and he's asking Jesus to heal her. A large crowd, and Jesus is on his way to help. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, a, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Hmm. And when she heard about Jesus, now just, man, just think about this, the, where she, the situation, right? I mean, she's been, she's had a, a hemorrhage for 12 years. Um, she's, she's experienced the frustration of going to this doctor and that doctor and this, you know, Natural therapy, this whatever. Every everybody's got a re, everybody's got a way you can get better, right? Hey, have you tried this? Hey, have you tried this? Hey, you ought to try this. I mean, you just need to have a cold to figure that out. You just have a cold, and it's amazing how many people will give you. Hey, did you try? Did you try? Did you try? And uh, you can imagine something more severe. And this is before modern medicine, obviously. And so you know, no no telling the kinds of things she tried to stop this hemorrhage. And everything she had failed. In fact, it got worse. Nothing was helping. And she had spent financially, she has depleted. She has uh, spent everything. She's broke. She has no more 
um, resources. She's, she's literally at the end of the rope here. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Hmm. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Wow. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. Come on, man. That's amazing, right? Like Jesus is surrounded by a large crowd of people. There are people bumping and pushing and pressing. You know, you know how it is when you're walking with a large crowd of people. And yet, of all the people that had touched him and bumped him, when this woman, who reached out in her desperation and faith, reached out and touched him, Jesus felt power leave him, like go from him to, the, uh, to her. And at once, realized, Jesus realized that power had gone out. And I, don't even, I, mean, I don't know what that feels like, but that's amazing. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Hmm. And the disciples are thinking what we're thinking, right? You see the people crowding around you, and you ask, who touched me? Like, seriously, it could be anybody. It could have been anybody. There's so many people here. Verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, Fear told him the whole truth. Hmm. You wonder what that means, right? Told him the whole truth. Like, it makes you wonder if there's not more to the story. Like, to her, of course there is. There's more to her story than we know. I mean, we just have like a, a, a just a, 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 a glimpse into her life. There's obviously a much longer story in her life. But it's just an interesting thing. I don't know that anywhere else in the New Testament when it talks about encountering people that it says that someone told Jesus the whole truth. Um, That's a pretty vulnerable thing, right? I mean, you think about this woman in desperation who's just been healed by Jesus. She tells him the whole truth, like, she basically spills her life story. All that had happened, all that she had done, all that she had gone through. Hmm. He told, he told, she told him the whole truth. Verse 34. <clears throat> he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Wow. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amen. Man, that could be a word for somebody today. You Be healed. Be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your suffering. Hmm. Verse 35. And it's interesting here, like, I just want to, I mean, this is worth saying, like, daughter, your faith has healed you. No, notice, like, does it, in our culture, like, there's some, like, stuff that doesn't really mean anything. Um, like, it's not just a generic faith that has healed her. Like, it isn't just belief. Like, belief. I just You just got to believe. In what? In what? You got Faith is not just some sort of, like, smoke signal you st- send up into the sky. 
it's not just some kind of you know um invisible force you just send out into the into the universe faith makes sense when it has an object you put your faith in something or better in someone and so when jesus says your faith has made you well he's not just saying the fact that you believe he's saying the fact that you believe in me the fact that you have put your faith your trust in me has made you well that faith has made you well not it wasn't your um you know it wasn't your happy thoughts come on man i'm gonna get fired up now it wasn't your happy thoughts you know it isn't i'm bringing i'm sending you happy thoughts and warm fuzzies and jesus didn't say it's your it's your warm fuzzies and happy thoughts that made you well no 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 that stuff drives me crazy people i'm not even lying sending warm thoughts your way no you can't first of all you can't do that you can't send warm thoughts anywhere now you could do if you just don't if you're just gonna say it just say the truth i'm thinking about you okay legit you're thinking about me but you ain't sending no warm thoughts towards me you can't do that you can pray for people you can send kind words you can um be thinking of them but you ain't sending me no warm fuzzies Sending, you're sending, I'm sending happy thoughts your way. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're talking out the side of your neck. That's what you're doing. Anyway, I see, I see, I just opened up a can of worms and I, it just goes off. But look, the point is, it wasn't just generic faith. It was belief in Jesus. Faith is only as strong as the object it's placed in. Hmm. Yeah. It's the object. It's the one that the, your faith is put into. The one that you're trusting is your faith is as good as that object of your faith is strong. And so, when we trust God, that's strong faith because the object of our faith is strong. And so, when she reaches out and touches Jesus, he says, "Your faith has made you well." What faith? The faith that you've placed in me. Yeah. But man, I would just encourage you. Let's uh, let's put our faith in Him. Um, where are we? Verse thirty-five. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. Remember, Jesus is on his way to Jairus's house when all this is happening. I mean, you got two critical matters happening uh, uh, simultaneously. Jairus has come and. Um, and, need, and is pleading for Jesus to go help his daughter. And while Jesus is on the way, this whole encounter with the woman with the issue of blood happens. Well, the the, the girl, Jairus' daughter, she's still on her deathbed. While she was still speaking, some people from Jairus' house uh, came from Jairus' house, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Oh. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe what? Believe me. Trust me. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all the commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. 
but they laughed at him. They're like, man, we know what dead is. We, this is just ridiculous. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha Kaom, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Ooh. And that, that term Talitha is very endearing. It's almost like sweetheart, honey. It's a uh, sweetheart. I say to you, get up. Immediately, the little girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Don't go tell everybody yet. I, you know, just but you know that ain't gonna happen. They told everybody. And give this baby something to eat. She's hungry. <laughs> this little girl, she needs something to eat. Give her give her whatever she wants. Give her a milkshake. Give her whatever she wants. Just, just give that baby some food. Mm. That's awesome. God is good. God is good. All right, you guys. Hey, let's uh let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for the power of Jesus that is able to uh, to heal the sick and to raise the dead. <laughs> and uh, God, we know that our faith is strong when our faith is in him. So God, uh, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that he has done for us in this season of Lent as we reflect on uh, his life and ministry and all that he did for, to purchase our salvation. Lord, I pray for my friends today. May you bring healing and encouragement and strength, whatever they need today. May you grant it according to your abundance. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you'll know whenever uh, new episodes are on. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your liking, subscribing, all your commenting. Hit the like button before you leave. Really appreciate that. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Same time. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.